The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Let's do it. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, blocks and stocks, and voting boxes. Nice. No barrels, though. No barrels. Yeah, no no barrels. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we've got a roundup of tech news, like we always do, and a reminder to go do your civic duty. Yes. Yes. So, uh, any Kaiser rants this week? No, no rants, but actually a mini rant. I'm still watching Star Trek Enterprise. Uh Uh-huh. And I have to say, the first season of that show was just putridly bad. Just really bad. I tapped out of that one like four episodes in. Boy, that was really bad. The second season kind of picked up. The third season, where they go into this like strange new uncharted region of space is great because they didn't tie in old stuff and you know the whole All right, so that'll freedom but i have to say to paul jolene blaylock is the only reason to watch that show and not because she's eye candy mm-hmm. she really is great in that role she's she gets assaulted she's doing drugs at one point the storylines they put her through are just fascinating and you know what you know, she holds up pretty well as an actress. It, I'm actually pretty pr- impressed by her performance. Wow. Obviously, the the the, the nerd sexuality factor is, yeah. you know, she's doffing her clothes every other episode, but, yeah. you know, that whatever. That does excite that certain tensions. Uh, yeah, but nerd. I mean, in terms of her performance, though, what she does, she's the only reason I'm still watching All that right. show. And what, were there five seasons? How many seasons? Four there? seasons. I'm up to the third season now, which has been very, very good. An interesting storyline. The other thing I want to rant about is I'm actually using a Microsoft Surface tablet as we speak. Does Google know you're not using now, an Android Google, tablet? No, Google doesn't know. And Google's not going to like that. You know, I'm, you know, it's okay. I was a little afraid. This is the fourth or fifth generation of this, right? It so is. maybe it's gotten smoothed out a bit and more functionality. Has it appears been to be smoothed out, more functionality. It is a very, for me at least, it's a very simple transition to use because it's just using Windows. Yeah, it's Windows I mean, you can it, touch. Literally, it's just Windows you can touch. I'm not going to rush out and buy one, but... But if you have one as part of your job, yeah, would not complain too loudly. It ain't too bad, but I'm sure there's security concerns yes. because it is running Windows. So yes, just, then there's that. Yeah, interesting. Yes. Very interesting. Anyway, that's my. those are my mini rants. All right. Um, well, let's do some news because it's been about 10 days since we've done a show. So some news has gathered yes. in the news yes, barrel here. Oh, by the way, and the theme song to Enterprise really does suck. Okay. And it doesn't matter how what version they do, right, how many so remixes. Sorry. It was just never going to get named. Oh, my God. You know, just you, say you can't polish a turd into gold. You cannot. Yes. All right. Well, uh, as we know, large swatches of the tech industry have not had a sterling reputation no, for gender equality definitely and not. harassment-free workplace. And uh, now Google is getting some of that scrutiny. Google employees around the world uh, took place in a planned walkout at 11.10 a.m. on November the 1st to protest the company's treatment of women. Uh, The event even had its own Twitter feed called at Google Walkout. And it was designed to document the day and because all the global offices were running, it started in Singapore and as it hit 1110 around the world. It's just going to roll right down. Employees were, were walking out because they had some serious beefs with the company. 
the Google Walkout page listed five things that the protesters wanted, including an end to forced arbitration in cases of harassment and discrimination and a commitment to end inequity in pay and opportunity for Google employees. Mm. Other demands included a uh, publicly disclosed sexual harassment transparency report, a clear, uniform, globally inclusive policy for reporting sexual misconduct safely and anonymously, and the elevation of the company's chief diversity officer to report directly to the CEO. So they really want to level up this this because they'd seen stuff going on. And I think the thing that triggered it, because face it, you know, the, the tensions at Google have been simmering uh, for more than a year since the Me Too Absolutely. movement started to kick in and that engineer who'd sort of written his manifesto and all that. Yep. But a recent report in the New York Times seems to have accelerated employee anger there. As reported by the Times, Google gave Andy Rubin, the father of Android, as it were, a big send-off in a $90 million exit package back in 2014, but what was not reported at the time was that he'd been accused of sexual misconduct. Multiple times. Yes. Google found the allegations credible, uh, asked for his resignation, and still gave him an enormous truckload of money on his way out the door. It's technically called a cubic buttload. Yes, a cubic buttload of cash to, to leave. And according to the Times, uh, he denied the allegations, uh, but he was not the only exec uh, who got the golden parachute and a soft landing on that giant pile of cash after similar harassment claims. Two other high-ranking Googlers also got lovely parting gifts, and another stayed in his job as Google kept quiet about the allegations. So I think all of this as this became known, really ticked off a bunch of Google employees and hence walkout. As part of its reporting, the Times obtained corporate and court documents and spoke to more than three dozen current and former Google executives and employees about these described episodes, including some people directly involved in handling them. Most asked to remain anonymous because they were bound by the confidentiality agreements and feared retribution for speaking out. I think that that forced arbitration thing that they have mm-hmm. in place is playing mm-hmm. in. Now, for his part, Google uh, says within the past two years it has fired 48 people, including 13 senior managers over sexual harassment claims. Yeah, but when you give 90 million bucks to yeah. somebody who's yeah. been accused multiple times and you find the accusations credible, yeah, that doesn't make you look good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I so, can so understand the, why yeah. people are angry. Yeah, they, they, and they're walking out. Oh, yeah. Switching over briefly, a Flickr, now owned by, I believe, SmugMug, bought it from Yahoo. When wait, Yahoo- wait, wait, SmugMug? Yeah, that Is photographer that a re- site. Yeah, it was a photographer's Smug- display site. I didn't even know this thing exists. SmugMug. Yeah, it was, it was sort of a standalone, wow. and it was it was for photographers who really wanted to show off their, their works. And they bought Flickr when Yahoo was trying to kind of pare down. Yeah. So they have retooled Flickr, and uh, some longtime members may not be too pleased Uh-oh. with the new look. Uh, the new Flickr Pro paid account will cost forty nine ninety nine per year, mm-hmm. but provides unlimited storage, ad-free browsing, advanced community offerings, all that stuff. But the people who had been writing along Flickr for free for years and years and years yeah, because yeah. it was a nice place to post your photos and you could share things – those free accounts will soon be limited to 1,000 photos and videos. And so people who've had Flickr accounts for 10 years or more who right. maybe have eight or 10,000 photos mm-hmm. are all of a sudden, you know, you can't do that for free anymore. Time to pony up. Yeah. So I think they, they may see an exodus there from people or people who forgot they had Flickr accounts and they're like, eh, you know, yeah, take sort, of, care. sort of like me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have nowhere near a thousand photos. There, yeah. So. But uh, that, that was just announced recently uh, by uh, Flickr. There you uh, go. Now, Apple uh, held an October event in Brooklyn to announce a few more hardware items that it couldn't fit into its iPhone-a-Palooza special in September. <laughs> Company CEO Tim Cook gave the keynote speech at the Brooklyn Academy of Music, also known locally as BAM! Bam! 
While he was at BAM, he announced big changes uh, to the iPad. Uh, The newest version of the 8-year-old tablet is now 15% thinner than the previous model. And uh, as with Apple's iPhone line, the home button and the don't cry headphone jack were kicked to the hardware curb. I'm not even going to say anything. Yeah. I'm just going to, but the, did they, uh, is it over like two grand now? Yeah. It, it, they have these very expensive configurations yeah. that they're saying are, are sort of laptop quality. Remember it was four ninety nine just for a 16 yeah. gig Wi-Fi. Yeah. And now it's uh, the high end, a little pricey there. Uh, we'll yeah. have a link to the iPad page in case you were wanting to buy one, see how much it would put you out. But uh, no home button, no headphone jack. Uh, the iPad Pro model has Face ID and USB-C and can even charge your phone. Uh, basically, kind of turns into a really flat power bank. But uh, it's available in two sizes, uh, 11 inches. Those start at $799, and the 12.9 start at $999. But if you want to get all the bells and whistles and everything, then yeah. you get into the to the pricier end of the spectrum. Yeah, you know what? I'm not thinking I'm going to upgrade anytime soon. I'm quite happy with mine. I got the 10.5 last year, and it's been fine. I don't even have that. I think I have like an iPad Air. Yeah, yeah, and and they lowered the price of the 9.7 inch. I think it was like 329. So if you just need a tablet that runs iOS, it's fine. I think these pro models are for photographers and artists and th- people who really need the, the top-of-the-line hardware, people doing the animation and things. Or somebody who wants to watch Netflix really big. Yeah, yeah, yeah or, or there's that. Yeah. So, so they've goosed up the iPads a little bit there. The 13.3-inch MacBook Air also got slimmed down by 25%, uh, spruced up with a new Retina display, and got a price bump up to uh, $1,199 for the starter model, I think it was $999. Yeah. No touch bar, though, which I think people kind of thought the touch bar was a dud for those who got it in the, the earlier MacBooks. You think? Yeah, it's no, like, I'm well, pretty what sure. is this stupid strip here? Yeah, yeah. so so not not layer. So they skipped the touch bar. It does have touch ID, but not face ID. Mm, not face ID, okay. Yeah. So, so no face scanning for the new MacBook. Interesting. Yes, and uh, and for the first time in four years, the Mac Mini got a Yay! little love. Uh, the $800 box comes with a quad-core Intel processor with the option to upgrade to a six-core version should you need more cores in your life. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yes. Who uh, among us does not need I'm more? I'm feeling a little like, <laughs> yeah. you know, low-core here. Yeah, low-core. Yeah, uh, this uh, new Mac Mini also has four USB-C Thunderbolt uh, 3 ports and HDMI, and Apple claims it's five times faster, and you can get it in space gray. Now. Space gray. Yes. Yeah. So. I think it's time for uh, for me to replace my uh, yeah, well, Apple server. Your old one's got to be at least four years old, if not older, right? <laughs> yeah, it's way older than that. Yeah. It's about eight years old. So it's about time, because I think people were a little worried that Apple was just going to kill the Mini yeah, altogether. Yeah, that's what I thought. But there are a lot of people who yeah. use it. Yeah, I'm right in this room. Yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of the Mac Mini. I yeah. gotta tell you, it's a perfect server. You, you bring your own keyboard, you bring server. your own screen if you need it. It's a beautiful thing. And Space Gray now. Space Gray. Yes. Now, uh, now before he hit Brooklyn, though, Apple CEO Tim Cook gave another keynote speech uh, about a week or so ago at the 40th International Conference of Data Protection and Privacy Commissioners in Brussels, just imagine the tote bags and t-shirts. Brussels to Brooklyn. Yes. And he's keynoting everywhere. I know. He did drop in a keynote every continent. There you um, go. But while he was there, he had some things to say about those other companies who hoover up their customers' personal data for advertising purposes. Uh, Mr. Cook called it the data industrial complex and uh, asked the U.S. government to pass a comprehensive federal privacy law. He also said that tech companies that collect wide swaths of user data are engaging in basically surveillance. Wow. Alex Stamos, not the guy in Full House, but the former <laughs> Facebook chief his, security officer. It's his brother? It's his brother, maybe? No. Possibly related. Possible, you never know. Possibly. He's in the big world. 
Anyway, that guy wasn't completely sold on Mr. Cook's sincerity, however, and pointed out that Apple cooperates with Chinese government uh, restrictions that forbid certain VPNs and messaging <laughs> programs on the hardware it sells in China. Oh, so, snap! Yeah, so he's like, well, if yeah. you want, every, you know, he's yeah. like... Look around. Yeah, they ain't going to do that. China? <laughs> yeah. That's no, a huge market for yeah, them. Yeah, and, and and China has rules. They'll sell their grandmother. Climbing. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no firewall for you, Grandma. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. So, uh, but case in point on the data sales, though, as the Times Tech Desk has also uh, recently had a story detailing how Kinza, a tech startup that sells internet-connected thermometers that sync up with smartphones, was selling collected customer data to Clorox. What? And it, it, follow the thread here. According to the Times uh, story, this data showed Clorox, which zip codes around the country had increases in fever. So there's a smart thermometer. Yeah. You could look at it with a smartphone. Yeah. It was gathering data, storing on the internet. Yeah. The uh, Kinza company was selling this data, I assume anonymously, but packaged by geographical location. Selling this data, Clorox bought it, looked to see where there was an increase in fevers being reported around the country, and then they pushed out more ads to those areas uh, selling Clorox products because, you know, like disinfecting wipes and that kind of stuff to cut down on germs. Uh, they thought maybe they could make a few more bucks there. <sighs> That was a heavy sigh. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and The Verge also reports that iRobot's latest Roomba model, the i7 Plus, can create maps of uh, the house using a mix of its odometry uh, data from little wheels, you know, as it goes around the house. Um, and then the house. send it back home. It gets all this information from its wheel movements and also has a low-res camera, and it creates little maps of the rooms. And then here comes Google uh, with an integration to the Google Assistant with Roomba can use those maps to sort of have the Google Assistant analyze it all and say, hey, Roomba, go vacuum the kitchen. And it knows which is the kitchen because it's mapped your house and figures out where things are. And so Google is using this data from Roomba. Supposedly, you know, that they're integrated together and it's optional. I don't have a Roomba, so I haven't actually used it. I've got like a low-level terror thing going on here. What, the Roomba's just going to come rolling up on the couch? Seriously, just really low-level terror situation. Yeah, so, but but it's it's getting data about your house, and and Google hasn't had, like, the data breaches that Facebook has and stuff, but say you got this robot vacuum cleaner that has an entire map of your house on there, and somebody else gets that that's not the Google Assistant who just wants to, you know, tell the vacuum cleaner to go, you know, clean the kids' room. Mm-hmm. Could, could be a little nervous-making. And uh, I guess these maps, uh, they're also saying they can be used to locate Wi-Fi-connected lighting and stuff so the Google Assistant can help control because the room is kind of scattered out your whole house. But right, anyway, right. so with the smart thermometer and the vacuum cleaner, your data that is being collected, in some cases, uh, the thermometer, they just sold that. But I think the, the Roomba Google Assistant thing, you have to be using both and be in agreement. But um, oh, man. here I'm comes just... the Roomba to take your temperature. You know, but the, you know, the funny thing is that every time I hear Roomba, I want to do a little dance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you think a cat's riding around Roomba. on it. And you got you to gotta trill your R's. Yeah. Like, Roomba. That's what you got I think do. you should be doing Roomba voiceover commercials. I think I should. Hello, people. Put a little if music behind there. there. You know, have it little, you know. Get a little waggle That's while it's right. vacuuming. Heck, I have no shame. I'll do Clorox, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got a job for me, Clorox? Mm-hmm. El Kaiser got to pay the rent. Yes, yeah, got to pay the rent. Got to yeah. feed the kitties. Yeah, so, all right. So so that was our few moments of, of data there. Um, now, Facebook, perhaps feeling butthurt that the youngs have abandoned it for hipper platforms that their parents don't use, might be trying to lure the children back. With Uh, candy? With uh, candy? No, with music. According to leaks from the inside, the social network is said to be creating a standalone app where users can record and share videos of themselves lip-syncing or dancing to popular songs uh, like TikTok or... uh, Musically? Yeah, precisely. 
So Facebook is trying to to get hip again. I am not letting my kids anywhere near Facebook. No. It ain't happening. No. Sorry. No. But uh, meanwhile, over in the United Kingdom, uh, the Information Commissioner's Office. How united are they? Yes. I mean, they, I always have to ask. That's this. true. How united the, are they? Uh, Theoretically, technically, still sort of United Kingdom, at least until next year. Until next year. The Information Commissioner's Office there has officially fined Facebook the 500,000 pounds or $645,000 that it was uh, warning to. For, you know, like couch change, basically. Yeah, for those serious breaches of the data protection law, they had telegraphed that they were going to do this last summer. We talked about it then. Yes, we did. They've actually done it now. This is the maximum fine that can be applied under the older law. This is the Data Protection Act. Act of 1998. So it's not the new right. uh, the new one that just passed in May. 98 when 500,000 pounds really meant something. Yeah, when, when that was some coin there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is pre-general data protection regulation laws. Yes, uh, yes. So the ICO's investigation found that between 2007 and 2014, Facebook processed the personal information of users unfairly by allowing application developers to access their information without sufficiently clear and informed consent and allowing access even if users had not downloaded the app but were simply friends of people who had. Um, so, so not cool there. Uh, Facebook also failed to keep the personal information secure because it didn't make suitable checks on apps and developers using its platform. So they were just going, you know, whatever they wanted to do, and Facebook was not policing that situation. So Wow. The EU uh, gave them the biggest fine they could at the time. Now, I imagine this will get much more serious in terms of amounts when uh, they start having to regulate or start uh, enforcing the GDPR uh, level of the rules. It's true. Which is much stricter. Then then I think we'll get into the millions and billions of uh, tickets there. I'm sorry, big pounds. Yes, big pounds. Now, the stock market has been having some ups and downs lately, but shares of Twitter were up 15% about a week ago, thanks to the company reporting higher-than-expected earnings and revenue for the third quarter. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey said the company was achieving meaningful progress in its efforts to make Twitter a healthier and a valuable everyday service. No. Some may yeah. argue with yeah. that. that. That that may right here. Yeah. I'm going to argue yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, you it's, would argue with that. It's a cesspool. Yes. Yeah. Burbling toxic wasteland. Yes, yes, indeed. Dorsey also said the Burbstein microblogging service uh, was doing a better job detecting and removing spammy and suspicious accounts at sign up. So bot squashing. Twitter revenue uh, went up 29% year over year, and advertising revenue in particular reached $650 million, uh, an increase of the 29% there, but, you know, because they, well, they've got all these deals with videos and things. Sure, now, of course, but, yeah. So, so they claim to be doing better. You and others would argue uh, that. Absolutely. Yes. And Microsoft, uh, looking at your little tablet there, they also reported good quarterly earnings compared to the corresponding period last year. Among the numbers, net income was $8.8 billion and increased 34%. Um, the things that were making money for them, office products and cloud services and LinkedIn revenue was up 33%. You know, um, I just realized they don't make any money on, on their OS anymore. Wow. They've shifted, uh, you know, it's Where, all like cloud services. These days. Duh, I'm a little slow. I'm yeah. a little slow. You know, I, I just realized they're giving yeah. it away for free. I, well, again, they're, you know, shoving it onto your computer for free. Yeah, if you're exactly. Not looking, That's so. true. That's very true. Wow. So so wow. that so they've figured out other ways to make money besides charging for Windows. Um, also, their gaming revenue is up 44%. Oh, yeah. Duh. There we go. That yeah. makes sense. And uh, also in money-making news, IBM bought Red Hat Linux for $34 billion. You know, that's interesting. I didn't. I, I don't understand that move. Yeah. I'm not really sure what that's all about. I yeah, mean, maybe what? it's for the server market? Yeah, I think Red, Red Hat had, you know, because they were sort of really big in the back-end server yes, stuff. Absolutely. And absolutely. they were one of the first distros, I think, that kind of 
got it together and wasn't sort of the shaggy, you know, funny penguiny Lennox. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they were going for the business market pretty early. Yeah, so, so it's no Ubuntu for for them. This yeah, is, uh, yeah, yeah this and, and they and you know, I think even before Ubuntu kind of caught on, Red Hat was trying to make a graphical user interface. That, yes, they were. That, Point and click people could deal with. So. I actually used it once or twice. Yeah, so 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 they're um, they're not part of the IBM interesting family. Interesting move. Yeah, really interesting move. And finally, and finally, artificial intelligence software has been making great strides in playing games, running personal assistant programs, and other chores. But now AI is making expensive paintings. Is it really? It is. An artwork created by an artificially intelligent program has been sold at auction for four hundred thirty-two thousand dollars. A Paris-based art collective called Obvious, obviously, created the pricey painting. It's called The Portrait of Edmund Bellamy, and it was made by an algorithm and a data set of 15,000 portraits painted between the 14th and the 20th centuries. And to generate its image, the algorithm compared its own work to those in the data set and couldn't tell them apart. So it was just sort of uh, doing like a big aggregate art mm-hmm. thing and then spitting out a version of that in its own capacity. Wow. So I, I don't know who, who bought this, but... I, you get what you pay for, I guess. This software made me this painting. Yeah, so. okay. Well. But we'll have a link to the story if anyone wants to know more was, about was it. Was it like a Banksy thing that it shredded itself? Uh, no, no, I don't believe it shredded itself. Oh, I think okay. it was just a picture of some dude. But you, you was sort of trying to, to make it look like an old master kind of thing. Gotcha, so. gotcha. Fascinating. Yeah, no, the, the Banksy thing, though. Have you seen those T-shirts where they have the yeah. image of the painting and yeah. they've fringed it? Yeah, yeah. That's Classic. awesome. So that's it for the news this week. Uh, for anyone who wants to know more about all the things we talked about, you can find a page of links at optechjam.com. Up next, a little civic reminder. Well, the U.S. midterms are here. They really are. This yes. guy, it's, it's a heck of a, an election season, that's yeah, for it's, sure. Yeah, it's been a crazy couple of months. The early voting started in some states, I think, yeah. a week or two ago. If you have not voted yet, one place to get information about your local elections is the, the vote411.org site, mm-hmm. which I think we've talked about on the show before. Yes, we have. It's a nonpartisan site run by the League of Women Voters. And uh, it got a 200% spike in traffic just a few nights ago when comedian John Oliver told his audience to go read up on their local state attorney's general race in, during his HBO show. He's so, got a really woke audience there. They don't does. mess around. Yeah, and he was like, you know, there are so many attorneys general races running and people don't know that this is a thing and yeah. the power the AGs have to uh, affect policy state by state. So he's like, you should go read this. You should also read whatever elections are in your area because there's a lot of governor's races. There's Senate. There's House. Yeah. So much stuff. And then there's ballot initiatives on the back in some places too. So there is a lot of stuff to vote on this year. So he directed all his audience members and people uh, you know, in the studio and at mm-hmm, home mm-hmm. to go to, to vote411.org, which is a very informative site. You can find a lot of information. Uh, here you can also go to your local board of elections sites, which Absolutely. will have information about where and when and what precincts you should go to. Definitely check out the candidates and all of the pages about local issues in your area. These will vary depending on where you live. But Amazon has even updated the knowledge base for its Alexa assistant to provide information about the election uh, that is pulled from the Associated Press and Ballotpedia. So Mm. they are trying to, you know, get people out there. If you don't know where to go, it's hopefully going to tell you how to get there. I think Lyft and Uber are offering free rides uh, to some polling places in certain areas for those who can't physically get to the polls. 
So there, there is a lot going on here. Um, but read your local voter guide, know the facts and issues, and go vote. Yeah, you know what? I just want to say this from the heart, personal thing. I'm going to play like really sappy music in yeah. the background right now. From the heart, folks, your vote counts. This is what drives me crazy because I heard it a lot in my old neighborhoods. You know what I mean? And, you know, people felt that, oh, it doesn't matter if I vote. It's just going to be the same old, same old. That's not true. That's not true, folks. If you vote, it makes a difference. Vote, vote, yes. vote. Yes, because the 2000 election, Florida, what was it decided by? 527 right. votes or That's something? That's right. Chads, baby. Hang yes. chads. Go out there and vote, people. Yes, Civic indeed. duty. Yes, indeed. And this has been your public service announcement from Pop Tech Jam. <laughs> the more you know. Yes. And with that... The more you know, now we got to go. We got to so. go. Yes, we got to thank the bros. Thank you, bros. Builtbybros.com. Build something with the bros. If you think it, they will build it. Yes, and thank you, audience members, for, yes. for finding us and listening to us and, and streaming us and downloading us. Always putting us. up with our stuff. They always yes. put up with us. Yeah, that's very kind of a very them. patient audience. They are. And so until next time when we are back with more, because the tech news just keeps on happening. It just keeps rolling on. Yes, I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. Everyone have a lovely week and go vote. 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 Here's your election update. There are two days until Election Day, when Republicans and Democrats will compete for control of Congress. There are 35 seats up for election in the Senate. All seats in the House are up for election, where a party needs 218 seats to control the House. Some races to watch include the elections for governor in Kansas, Georgia, and Florida and the elections for Senate in Indiana, Missouri, and Nevada. Polls will be open from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. on Election Day, November 6th. Did that answer your question? Somebody needs to set you down Tell you how things is You're living on the dark side of what is You're always talking, talking, ready for a fall you got your reasons, but you don't believe them at all. You're acting like you're waiting on the sympathy vote. Well, tomorrow's Super Tuesday, and the people on the news say that you're sagging in the polls. That's how it goes. Destiny's in Vote!